Welcome back to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast on a Saturday, College Football Saturday. Also looking forward to having the guests join me here shortly here. Uh, want to give you some scores. Uh, high school football in the area, some from week three. Actually, there was a game played on the 14th. It was Wichita East against North. I hope this score is correct because I'm about to announce it. 80 to 0. Then we had games on Thursday night uh, Blue Valley North against Blue Valley Southwest, and Blue Valley North winning that game 42 21. Also, Thursday night game Blue Valley Northwest over Blue Valley 24 17. Friday night scores Wichita Heights knocks off Wichita West 17 7. A game that was canceled was Kansas City Sumner versus Kansas City Wyandotte. A uh, game that was final, Junction City over Topeka Seaman, 34-27. Garden City knocks off Dodge City, 14-8. Washburn Rural picks up the victory over Pittsburgh, 21-14. Olathe North distanced himself from Free State, final score 35-9. Olathe East picks up the 26-21 victory over Olathe Northwest. Lawrence knocks off Olathe West, 42-14. And now I have to retract because I mentioned the score of Wichita East beating North 80-0, but now I'm also seeing Wichita North and Wichita South are scheduled for today, so I'm going to see that as a correction. So Wichita North versus Wichita South, their game is scheduled for today, looks like, as is Gartner Edgerton and Olathe South also scheduled for today. And those are scores from the 5A side, uh, from 6A. Now to the 5A side. Uh, Cape and Mount Carmel knocked off Emporia on Thursday night, 56-13. Frank Valley Center over Pleasant Hill, Missouri, that is, 34-6. Salina South in a shootout pretty much knocks off campus, 55-35. Bentonville, Arkansas knocks off Mill Valley. 35-28. And Derby for the fifth year in a row, if I'm correct, knocks off Bishop Carroll, 35-21. Also, Spring Hill knocks off Ottawa, 48-0. St. Thomas Aquinas knocks off Bishop Meage, 41-35 in a closely contested game. Also a game that pretty much went down to the wire. Mays holds off Newton, 34-27. Kansas City Piper knocks off Leavenworth 39-14. Uh, two games that were canceled. Well, we mentioned that one. Well, KC Sumner versus KC Missouri Lincoln Prep. That looks like another typo because it was earlier saying Kansas City Sumner versus Kansas City Wyandotte. Uh, then we have KC Washington and Kansas City Schlegel also canceled. A game that went final as of last night. Hutchison knocks off Mays South, 
34-33. So they just squeaked by. And looks like we have on the line this morning the one and only guy that I have admired his work ethic. He let me sit up under him when he was doing a show here in town. The one and only Mr. Chris Allison. Buddy, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Anthony. I'm doing great, my friend. Congratulations on chasing what I know has been a lifelong dream of yours and, and uh, certainly honored to be on the show today. Well, I'm more honored to have you on the show because you were one of the guys that I used to come in the studio six o'clock in the morning. Just just watch you how relentless and how you made it look so easy. And I'm like, I want to do that. And then all of a sudden, podcast came out to where you could do it from your phone. I said, I might not be able to be in the studio, but guess what? I can do it from my phone just as well. And man, this has been a long time in the wait. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. I'm going to call him my mentor, Chris Allison. Chris, welcome back to Wichita. What brings you back? First question. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. You know, um, yeah, first of all, it's good to be back. Um, for, for those that, um, you know, just to give you a brief history, may not know, I grew up in Salina and, and worked radio in Salina uh, the first eight and a half years of my career and moved to uh, Wichita and worked at, at uh, KGSO Radio in Wichita for, for about eight years. And um, it was 2013, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was working for the ESPN affiliate in Charlotte. And uh, that lasted all the way up through uh, March of 2020, so March of this year. And I got a phone call from my old GM. Uh, I worked with uh, a guy named Todd Johnson, who's a, li- a lifelong radio mm-hmm. uh, general manager and, and sales professional here. And I got a call from him in uh, November of, of uh, 2019, and we started the conversation about me coming back and, and joining his team at Summit Media in Wichita and being his general sales manager. <clears throat> and, you know, it took some time for the whole thing to come together, but it's first in 2020. And so that's what I'm doing now, general sales manager at Summit Media. We have uh, some powerful radio stations in Wichita, KFDI, T95 and the Fox, uh, Radio Lobo and KFTI. So we have five great stations and, and a digital platform also that we, uh, you know, we do a lot of business with as well. So that's what I'm doing. I've kind of given up the, the on-air side of my career and, uh, and focusing solely on sales. And and that was the thing, one of the things I also remember about you, because I believe that you were one of the ones that was instrumental in making sure that we had high school football on TV. You, along with some others, I, I know some others are from TV media outlets. Y'all had like the feature high school game of the week zone. And I mean, we were forever looking forward to seeing Chris in the booth along with whoever else was with them. And uh, I mean, it was a pretty much an all-star lineup y'all had in that booth doing those Friday night games. And, Things like that are missed around here. So explain how that came about because you, I, th- I believe it was Cox 22, and y'all had the Friday night games of the week on there, and y'all had some pretty good games. Yeah. The, the, uh, the high school football that I was more involved in was more on the radio side. Uh, you know, I, I think Mark Ewing was the guy there at Cox that really okay. spearheaded that effort. Now, I did do some work with him. Uh, you know, working on the, the Shrine Bowl, uh, 
doing sidelines for him and Stan Weber on the Shrine Bowl some, and also did some high school basketball with them. Uh, one of my last assignments when I was in Wichita was a high school basketball tournament in Dodge City, and we did a bunch of games on Cox 22. And so I don't know where they're at now with that, and where that you know hopefully that's still alive. And if it's not, I hope they can bring it back because that was great. Um, to, to, um, and it was it was awesome to be a part of that. But yeah, mainly for me it was um, you know gosh either being in a in the booth up uh, you know in a, in, a, in a Wichita. Uh, City League press box doing games mm-hmm. on Thursday night, sometimes on Friday, sometimes hosting Friday night quick scores uh, where we gave you know constant updates of what was going on um, uh, around the city in pretty much all leagues. And, you know, those were some of the things here that, that I was involved in that I'll certainly miss. That was a lot of fun for sure. Exactly. So you started your career, you say, in Salina. Then you made your way to Wichita where I had the opportunity to meet you. And every now and then you even let me speak on there because at the time we was under a guy who was, I guess he was the manager at the time, Joe Navarro. And Joe didn't have no problem letting me open up the mic and make a quick announcement. So then after you did your time in Wichita, you go to Charlotte, North Carolina, pretty much the Tri-City area. So what was your experience like there? What was the sports scene like there in Charlotte? Well, first of all, I, when I when I was preparing to go, I started looking at the college layout. You know, what what was college athletics like in you know the the southeast portion of the country and and I was stunned I was stunned to see that we have, you know, three major we have three division 1 colleges here in Kansas, which mm-hmm. Wichita State, K-State, KU. Well, I started doing my research. I looked in, at at the map out there and was looking at the division 1 colleges and there was 18 Division One colleges in North Carolina, and there's another 13 in South Carolina. So there's 31, 31 Division One colleges that are right there, um, and uh, you know, right, right there within you know driving distance of each other. So that was pretty cool, you know. And I knew that I was going into a, a, a you know certainly a different setting when it came to it, that those kinds of athletics. Our, our football stadium, the Carolina Panthers, play in Charlotte, and um, our studio was right across the street from the stadium. So when I cracked every day, I was looking directly at the stadium. Um, I, I had the chance to meet amazing people. Um, our our owner, eventually, of our radio station, it, um, and still is today, is Marty Herney. And Marty was the general manager of the Carolina Panthers from 2002 through uh, – through five games in 2012. So that included a Super Bowl appearance in 2003. He drafted Luke Keekley and Cam Newton and hired Ron Rivera. And he, I mean, he really put that team together that we saw in the Super Bowl again in 2015. Um, so Marty started working with us and eventually on our radio station. So he was my boss. Um, and then in 2017, while I'm working with him, I go on vacation and I get a phone call one day from him telling me that he has been rehired as general manager again. That's the Panthers. Wow. How often do you see that happen? You know, right. Rehired as a GM of the team that fired him a few years back. And Marty still holds that position today, even through a, an ownership change. He still holds that position today. And so, I, Yeah. And I think I did an article on that on my podcast talking about Carolina. And I don't know why I did it, but I remember that story about him being rehired. So tell me something. You mentioned he's the one that drafted Luke. Keekley and uh, 
Cam Newton. So my first question is, did you get a chance to meet Cam Newton? And if you did, who is Cam Newton the player and Cam Newton the person? Yeah, and, and I wish I could give you more on that. I, I, I didn't get a chance outside of just regular press conferences uh, or being in the locker room after a game, you know, when he's around other reporters. and uh, you know, So I didn't get a chance to really sit down one-on-one with him. Uh, he, I, I, I ate lunch with him uh, at a table, not with him, but I'm at a table at training camp that he comes and sits down. And I just, and I remember just being in awe of just the size of this guy. Right. You know, I mean, just a massive human being and a, and a Superman look. I mean, he really has that. Um, and I'm very interested to see what happens as he now comes back to, uh, I, I think what could be a really successful opportunity in New England with his, what, what appears to be his arm in better shape. And it looks like maybe his shoulder is healed. He, he really went through two years of injury that severed uh, and ended up severing his opportunity with Carolina. Um, but, but I think he's got a chance maybe to be really good in New England. But yeah, I didn't get a chance to, you know, hang out with him or spend any time with him outside of, you know, what every other media member had a chance to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just see him in, the, in, you know, locker room settings and things of that nature. Okay. Now, one of the things that really kind of ruffled people's feathers since we're on the Cam Newton situation, you being in press conferences and this, was the female reporter that asked him about running routes. And his response before you answered the question was, wow, a female reporter asking the question about routes and X's and O. Was he perceived wrong after that statement? Because it seemed like the media just wouldn't let, they were very relentless on him about how he handled it. So what was your perception of that? Well, I'll just give you, you know, in, in general, it, 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 it really is a love or hate relationship with the fans and him. And it's all, you know, and, and also with the media and him. So like, you're, you're really not in the middle ever <laughs> with him. You either really love the guy and, and think he's, you know, you know, his, his antics and the way he carries himself are the, you know, are, are fine or, or he turns you off. <clears throat> For me, <laughs> excuse me, when I first started, Covering him, you know, I I was really impressed. I, I thought he handled himself professionally. He he has got man him. He's so sharp all the time, you know, sharply dressed. And, yes, you know, tried very hard to say the right thing. I thought he handled himself well. As he, you know, I think grew and he started doing the wild outfits and, and the things that that you know has has really come to find his. Um, you know, just his fashion, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I thought that might've been a little out of place for the circumstances, you know, like, you know, you've lost seven straight games, you know, maybe stop worrying about fashion and, and come in and handle yourself in a different manner. Right. But, for the, you know, but I mean, hey, that's his decision. And, uh, and I think everyone should be who they are. If that's who he is. And so be it. Um, but, you know, for the most part, man, I, I, I had a, a pretty positive, view of Cam. I didn't like the way he handled himself in the Super Bowl after they lost. I think you have to be a man and stand up and answer the questions and, and not walk out on, a, on reporters after you know, a minute or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. But then again, I get it. I mean, he lost the Super Bowl. He was, you know, he was, yeah. he, he, had his, he had his dream right in front of him and, and it fell short. 
and they didn't play great that game. Right, and 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 the way I look at it, there was two sides to how that whole, whole thing played out. Because while he was being interviewed, you could also hear the chatter from the other team's locker room or whatever was going on. And yes, you're right. He could have handled that better, but at the same time, you hearing all this other talk and you hearing it from the opposing team, it'd probably be enough to make any normal man. Yeah. And there's nothing normal about Cam Newton, like you say. He's. Uh, I heard Keyshawn Johnson say he's a baller that plays the quarterback position. So there's nothing normal about Cam Newton standing six foot five, about winning about two sixty five, and, and can run like a gazelle and it just easily yeah. knock you over like a fullback. So, yeah. So. Any normal man probably would have gotten walked out. So, you know, I mean, I kind of cut him a little slack, but at the same time, I'm like, maybe he could have handled that better. So, the state of football, the way we see it now, no fans in the stand. I'm pretty sure you've had a chance to see some games. Is it taking some use to get? Is it taking some time to get used to watching games with no fans in the stand? And then where there are a few, uh, I mean, how how do you you adjust because? especially with college football, it's all about the atmosphere. I mean, you take a team like a Clemson, and we know what their ritual is. Board the bus from the locker room, take the bus ride with the police escort, and they're coming down through the fans, touching that rock as they come down. What would it be like watching a Clemson game now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously from your couch, right? I mean, that's, that's where we're at at this point, unfortunately. Um, you know, we are, it's, it's interesting, right, where some stadiums and some teams, some leagues have different rules. Um, if you watch Kansas State lose last week. Yes. And I, I did jab them a little bit. I'm a K-State fan, but you know, you got to you know, do better than that. But you saw them lose to Arkansas State last week. Yeah. You know, they, they had a, a decent fan base in there. They I don't know exactly what number it came out, but, uh, you know, it looks like, looked like the students were, pretty tight together in the student section. And uh-huh. No mask. There was, yeah. Yeah. At least there was, you know, so there was some atmosphere. But the majority of the games that we're watching, there's not. And, you know, certainly it's strange. I know television's trying its best to give you the feel of, of normalcy with crowd noise. And, you know, so sometimes you kind of forget, you know, when that, that there aren't any fans there. And then, then you see a, a pan of the stadium and you're going, oh man, this is wild. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I don't know for players it's gotta be a little you know, it's gotta be different for players who, you know, might feed off of fans, whether you, even if you're on the road, sometimes you feed off the energy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would imagine for them it's probably very strange and as well. But um, you know, I I I've enjoyed yeah, I've watched more NFL than college mm-hmm. so far. We've only had a week of NFL but I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I, I, the football's been a little sloppy, as you, you would expect. Yeah, but I think it's been a little better than I anticipated. Without a whole lot of, you know, no preseason games and, and for some teams, canceled practices and everything else. So I thought week one went pretty well. Practice exactly. They they, were, they asked Bill Belichick what was it like playing games with no with no fans instead, and you know Bill Belichick being who Bill Belichick is. Then they had to run the Allen Iverson sound. After you said this, practice. But speaking of the college, speaking of college football, because we noticed now that the Big Ten is going to start playing in October. First week of college football, as I've seen it, the first four weeks, you've seen teams on the air like uh, 
Louisiana Lafayette that knocked off the Iowa State on their home turf. You've seen games like Texas State versus UTSA, which is University of Texas San Antonio. Games that you thought you would never see on TV, you start seeing them. You've seen the Coastal Carolinas playing. Yeah. So, Big Ten starts playing, and some of these Power Five games start ramping up. What does that do for the little guys? What does that do for the conference, even like the AAC that has at least Cincinnati, Memphis, and UCF trying to crack that next group of five? Will that diminish their exposure? Will Appalachian State still get exposure once these other Power Five conferences start playing? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that right now for schools like that, that you know, you've got to take advantage of this opportunity, right? So um, Appalachian State, I've been to their games. I've been on the field for, for a game, a huge game, a Thursday night ESPN game that we had the opportunity to go watch. And, um, man, it is, you know, what a, what a beautiful stadium. I mean, it's an incredible atmosphere and, and, and a great football program. That program is, you know, is, just ask Michigan. Uh, yes. And, and there's, there's many other examples. That is a powerhouse program. And so, you know, I hope they take advantage of it. Uh, they, you know, Appalachian State played Charlotte. UNC Charlotte has a fairly new program. I think they're about eight years, seven years old now. Mm-hmm. And that was a great football game on ESPN2 last week. Yeah, the 49ers. Uh, yeah. yeah, Charlotte 49ers, who, by the way, have to cancel this week's game against North Carolina because of uh, COVID cases amongst their offensive line. They could not, they could not put enough offensive linemen together to be able to play today. So they had to cancel the game, which I'm, I'm really sad about because I've gotten a lot of friends that uh, cover that team that, you know, work for the broadcast team on TV and radio for UNC Charlotte for, for the Charlotte 49ers is what they would uh, prefer to be called. And so, so I hate, I hate to see that, but yeah, I don't, you know, look, uh, you know, once we get to, you know, Big Ten and, and everyone out playing, uh, SEC and so forth, you know, yes, the focus reshifts. Re it shifts back to those schools, and, and you know, you're going to have to be a really good non-Power 5 school, a highly ranked school that's going to knock off some people to get noticed. I don't think there's any doubt. But, like, Cincinnati's in the top 20 right now. Yes. Uh, Appalachian State's in the top 25. Uh, there, there are a few of these schools that, that very well could continue to, to receive that kind of attention. And, and speaking of rankings, it was interesting to note that the AAC actually had, I believe at the end of last year, I think they had like three, all four teams ranked in the top 20, which was the most outside of the Big Ten and I believe the ACC, which means the AAC actually fared better than Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve minus two. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, look, you know, I I had a chance to you know be around. Uh, gosh, when you think about Wichita State basketball climb to uh, the Final Four and, and the, the hatred that Greg Marshall has for the word mid major. Yes, if you notice, I didn't use that word when I described non Power Five schools because he trained me not to. Yes, you know, don't. Don't call me a mid-major. So the schools you're talking about, Central Florida's 14th, Cincinnati's in the top, I think they're 13th, Memphis is 16th right now in the country. So there's three schools in this conference uh, that is playing football, by the way. Uh, there are a handful of schools. 
Well, Cincinnati plays their first game today. There's a hand, there's five or six schools that haven't played a game, but uh, half of the conference has. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's some, certainly a lot of respect for that conference and, and those teams that aren't in power fives, but there's a, there's a lot of power five schools they'll beat. I'll guarantee, guarantee you that. Exactly. So how do you think the college football playoff will end up playing out once the big 10 gets started? And now we've seen the president jumping on the bandwagon, encouraging the Pac-12 to come on, open up, open up. You're the only one left. Open up. Do the Pac-12 even budge? And if they don't budge, do we still go in with the college playoff with or without them? Well, yeah, I mean, I would think. Uh, I would. I haven't paid a lot of attention to what's going to happen postseason because mainly because I just, you can't predict this stuff, right? Right. Uh, right now, we tend to be trending towards um, – a bit of a recovery when it comes to COVID. Uh, I noticed the NFL had 30,000 tests last week and they had three positives and you know, that's players and personnel and staff and so forth. That's, that's remarkable that they went out and played an entire week of football and did 30,000 tests and three positives, right? Uh, they're, 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 they're surprised that the NFL has figured that would be a big, bigger number. So it looks like right now we're headed in a, in a nice direction as far as, you know, at, at least, um, at, at least, you know, doing everything we can not to spread it. Exactly. Even, even while we're competing. And it appears so far to be working, but next week might be different. Right. So, you know, who knows? so it, it's all unpredictable, but I mean, if college football continues to go as it is with very few interruptions, you know, like I told you, North Carolina is ranked 12th in the country. They had a non-conference game with the Charlotte 49ers today, and they're not playing because of COVID. So how many interruptions like that are we going to get? Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, so it's just unpredictable. But if it goes fairly uninterrupted with or without the Pac-12, I think we still take the take the top four and, and play a playoff at the end. I, 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 I would anticipate that would happen. Right. And, and, I, and, you know, since you mentioned North Carolina, I'm intrigued to watch them. For one, they're coached by Matt Brown. Yeah. Folks around in Big 12 countries familiar with Mac Brown. And he has a quarterback, and I can't – I think his last name is Howell, right? Yes. And all yeah. all ben he – Ben Howell, thank you. And all he did was came in as a freshman last year and broke all the Trevor Lawrence's freshman records. Right. And I'm intrigued to see what this North Carolina team do, even outside of Ben Howell, because we know what he can do, but hopefully the rest of the team – can put him in a position where we're talking about possible heir apparent to the Trevor Lawrence throne. And could we be looking at, I mean, if you could say this, because North Carolina fans, they need something to trip about. Last season's basketball was atrocious. Yeah. So if they can say Ben Howell for Heisman, that would give them something to hang their hat on. His name is Sam Howell. Sam Howell, okay, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Sam Howell. Just keep your eye on this guy. He, he, uh, he, he. While I was in Charlotte, he played at Sun Valley High School, which was 20, 25 minutes from my house, and I never had a chance to go over and watch him. Certainly, there was the buzz around the city about him, uh, he, and all indications are he is going to be terrific. Now, I don't know NFL wise what happens. He, you know, he's six two, 
you know, but you know, we see six foot, six foot two quarterbacks at times in the NFL succeed. So I don't know where this is going to go, but I know collegiately anyway, he is going to be a terrific player. And, and Mac Brown, again, used to be the head football coach at North Carolina. He was there from 1988 to 1997. That was just prior to him going to Texas. And, and now he's back at North Carolina. And when that, when that hire first occurred, there were some that loved it. And of course, some that thought, why are you retreading with him? Why not go, you know, why not go a different direction? But it's hard to argue so far, man. He's, he, he has done a very good job with this North Carolina program. And, and so I'm kind of pulling for Mac. I've always liked Mac. And, you know, he was at a place in Texas, at Texas, where it was win the national title or nothing else is close enough. Right. You know, it, it's either national champion or, or you, you fail. Right. And he won a national title in, in 05. Uh, they lost the national championship game four years later. Uh, you know, but man, he had a he had Rose Bowl victory, two Rose Bowl victories, mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl victory. I mean, I thought he did a nice job there. The last three years were a disaster for him in Texas. It was time to uh, to get out. I get it. I mean, you know, but for the most part, I, I thought he did a good job. I was kind of pulled for Mac. I like the guy. And and in fairness to him, because I'm reading things that had happened at Texas for one, they had a turnover in their upper athletic department and things pretty much weren't the same. It's like the prior regime, they would come in, check on your age. They're in, you know, if they had a down year, like an eight win season, they would come mm-hmm. in, check on your age. There's something we can do. But when they had a change in the top brass that left. And then next thing you know, even, I mean, your two known entities, Rick Barnes and Mac Brown, no longer there. You know, there's something wrong. And it all and it all started at the top. So well, the one thing too about Texas is, you know, not to spend a ton of time on them, but man, they do have every resource available, right? I mean, they had they were the first one to get their TV network, which fed millions and millions of dollars on into the program, and they were already the richest program in football. So there's really no excuse not to be a top five team. You know, I mean, you've got you've got it, you've got everything. You're you're in the best state for, for recruiting out of high school. You've got the top resources. So I get the expectations. Exactly. You should you should be the top dog. And when you're not, in the last three or four years for Mac, at, you know, 09 to 13 were disasters. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I get he had to go. But uh, you're right. There's a lot of other circumstances that are happening there, too. Exactly. Well, Chris, I want to say welcome back to Wichita. And I know you're going to make your mark and tell old buddy, TJ Todd, I said hi. I went next time you see him. Yeah. And I want to thank you for being on my podcast. And we'll have to do this again. So, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Allison, the legendary Chris Allison, the one who I look up to. I'm honored that you were able to take a few minutes out of your schedule to join me. And we'll have to do this again, all right? I would love to, man. I'd love to talk more. My experiences uh, out, out in Charlotte. I have some amazing stories I'd love to share with you. So you, you could write a book. You could write a book on that. It was pure fun, buddy. I tell you that. It was no regrets whatsoever. That was a, a great seven-year stretch. But I'm glad to be home as well, and, it, and it's sure nice to catch up with you. All right. Once again, Chris Allison on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I'll be back after this word from my sponsor. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was my good friend, Chris Allison. And like I said, we go back a long ways. You've heard his story, and there's probably so much more that 
we didn't get to get into, but we will be doing this again. Uh, I think what I'm going to do right here, now that we're back from this break, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull these scores back up because we had some high school games going on last night. Which reminds me, I am going to have to reach out to my good friend. Yes, I can say that he's my friend. The one and only Steve Martin. Because look like he is putting out another dynamic squad over there at Wichita Northwest. As evident by their victory over Southeast last night. So what I'm going to do is pull these scores back up. We were looking at 6A scores and getting ready to transition into the 5A scores. So here we go. Let me see here. Yes, I believe I did the. It's 5A. Here we go. If I can pull those up. Of course, we did show that Derby did knock off Bishop Carroll last night, 35-21. So here we go. Wichita Northwest knocks off Southeast. And I can believe this. 73-9. to these are 5A scores. Also, Andover knocks off Salina Central. They knock off the Mustangs, 35-9. DeSoto beats Baser-Linwood, 49-28. Goddard knocked off Arc City, 46-13. Hayes beats, defeats Liberal, 27-13. Hutchison, we already announced that one, but Hutchison knocked off May South in the game like it went down to the wire, 34-33. And of course, the games I mentioned that were canceled, Casey Schlegel versus Casey Washington, that game was canceled. Also, Casey Summer and Casey Lincoln Prep. And there are some high school games that are scheduled for today, so we'll try to keep you abreast on that throughout the day. Looking at the 4A bracket. Wamego knocks off Clay Center, 34-21. Kobe knocks off Ulysses. Look, that game was a dog fight, 13-8. Paola knocks off Taganoxie, 35-28. Clearwater thrashes Mulvane, 61-14. Lewisburg beats Baldwin 32-6. The Bullpups from McPherson knocks off Great Bend 31-13. Uh, Fort Scott and Independence were canceled. Bueller knocks off Winfield 21-9. Augusta hands Circle a 20-12 defeat. El Dorado knocks off Labette County 30-14. Chapman throttles Abilene, 46 to 0. 
Lansing knocks off Shiny Heights 41 7. St. James beat Edora 42 24. Atchison also knocks off Bonner Springs by the same identical score 42 24. Andover Central knocks off Garden Goddard Eisenhower 45 31. Now we shift over to the 3A. Douglas knocks off Wichita Trinity 38 to 21. Norton Community knocks off Russell 34-28. Silver Lakes hands Raleigh County a 29-28 defeat. Rock Creek beats Maryville, Marysville 36-12. Prairie View also knocks off Parsons, 41-14. Hampton throttles Guyman, Oklahoma, 63-13. Perry LeCompton knocks off Houghton, 28-14. Riverside throttles Hawatha, 42-6. Heston beats Pratt, 24-15. Southeast of Saline beats Elwards, Blanksome Ashley, 42-0. Goodland knocks off Lakin, 23-17. Frontenac hands Pittsburgh-Colgan, a 28-7 loss. Council Grove knocks off West Franklin, 14-6. Columbus beats Grand. Gerard, 26-17. Fredonia handles Cherryville in a closely contested game, 12-8. Anderson County Garnett knocks off Santa Fe Trail, 48-10. Caney Valley beats Erie, 36-14. Burlington handles Osawatomie, blanking them 54-0. Game that was canceled. Jayhawk Lynn versus Baxter Springs game was canceled. Andale knocks off Wellington 63 to 7 in a game that went into overtime. Collegiate knocks off Rose Hill 34 to 31. Topeka Hayden handles Manhattan 42 to 28. In games that are scheduled, Royal Valley versus Christian Parrott. Also, Bishop Ward versus University Academy out of Missouri. I'm going to take a break right here, and when I come back, I'll give you the scores from 2A, 1A, and we'll go from there. So stay tuned. You're listening to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is yours truly, Anthony Smith. Okay, welcome back. And now we are going to look at your two A scores from last night. Uh, Syracuse knocks off Stanton County twenty-seven to zero. Rossville knocks off St. Mary's sixty-seven to twelve. Kingman beats Marion forty-nine to six. Humboldt beats Neosha twenty thirty to twenty-two. 
Thomas More Prep knocks off Plainville, 20-13. Eureka Downs Blue Stem, 68-6. Osage City knocks off Mission Valley, 45-8. Phillipsburg beats Ellis, 42-6. Atchison County, Effingham knocks off McLaughlin. 34 to 20. Myra Hill beats Nickerson, 40 to 6. Cherokee Southeast beats, if I can see that, beats Armour Northeast, 36 to 14. Minneapolis knocks off Republic County, 20 to 14. Hutchison Trinity blanks Bell Plain. 35-0. Chaparral hangs a loss on Sterling, 17-7. Cimarron knocks off Scott City, 23-12. Sabatha knocks off Nemaha Central, 29-22. Smoky Valley and Hillsboro look like they were in a dogfight. Game like it comes down, came down to the wire. Smoky Valley ekes out a 38-36 win. Another game that looked like it was a closely contested game. Haven knocks off Larnard, 46-43. Iola beats Wellsville, 20-6. Holcomb over Southeastern Heights. Southwestern Heights, excuse me, 38-12. Hoisington. Beats Halstead, 32-22. Galena blanks Riverton by the score of 44-0. Beloit knocks off Concordia, 36-12. Chi spanks Garden Plain, 44-7. Now we take a look at scores from 1A. Jackson Heights knocks off. Atchison County, that does not look right because we had a score from them earlier. But Jackson Heights won that game. Oh, this game was on 9-14, okay. 41-6. Cedric beats Jefferson West, 35-7. Wabanasi knocks off Troy, 37-13. Uniontown over Pleasanton. 14-6. Another close game here. Opie beats Linden 13-7. Inman blanks Sacred Heart 50-0. Smith Center spanks Ellenwood 62-0. Conway, Conway Springs puts a beat down on Elkhart 58-12. Centrella knocks off Jackson Heights, 30-12. Oakley over El Saline, 34-7. Valley Heights puts a beat down on Horton, 60-8. Central Heights knocks off Northern Heights, blanking them 37-0. Jefferson County North knocks off If I can see that, 
Oscasha, I believe they're saying. The words are very faint. Anyway, Jefferson County won their game last night, 46 to 12. Now we are going to look at scores from eight man division one. Yates Center knocks off St. Paul, blanking them 46 0. Victoria knocks off Trago Community, 54 to 8. Spurville knocks off Ingalls, 68 to 22. Solomon beats Centra, 56 to 26. Games that are still, games that are scheduled. We have Maranatha Academy going up against Sierra Paravel Latin. That game is scheduled. South Gray knocks off Mineola, 48-0. Pratt Skyline beats Pretty Prairie, 36-18. Games that were canceled. Altoona Midway versus Oswego. Quintana versus Decatur Community. Then we have Chitopa knocking off Marmatton Valley, I believe that's correct, 58 to 26. Maxville, 46, 36 winners over Medicine Lodge. Game that was canceled. Meade versus Satanta. A game that went final. Logan Palco over Lincoln, 64-16. St. John Hudson knocks off Fairfield, 34-32. Another canceled game. Ness City versus Lacrosse. Hoaxie knocks off Triplane Brewster, 52-6. Wichita County knocks off Hill City, 48-0. Jonathan West beats Johnson Brock, 44-22. South Central handles Kiowa County, 54-6. Little River, 64. Gossel, 18. In the game that's scheduled, Udall versus Cedarville Dexter. Chase County knocks off Valley Falls, blanking them 50 0. Canton Gower also pitches a shutout against Washington County. Burlingame 54 6 over Hartford. Sedan pitches a shutout over Burden Central. Mound Ridge beats Bennington, 48-38. Attica Argonia blanks Oxford, 62-0. The one thing I can say about eight-man scores, you never know what kind of scores you will be seeing. And most scores are lopsided and high-scoring as we speak. So now we're going to look at Eight-man division two. Eight-man division two scores. Wilson knocks off Tescott, 
70-22. A game that kind of resembles a basketball score. Peabody Burns knocks off Stafford 64-62. to Makes me wonder if there was a basketball game instead of a football game, but that's eight-man. To me, my theory on eight-man is eight-man is indoor arena football played on an outdoor field. Pike Valley knocks off Southern Cloud 52-0. Lebo knocks off Waverly 52-6. South Barber handles Central Christensen. 46-22. Game that was canceled. Blue Valley Randolph and Hanover was canceled. Frankfurt beat Onaga 62-12. Lakeside handles Osborne by 10, 44-34. Canceled game. Dighton versus St. Francis. Game that's scheduled. Look like Marius Des. Singus Valley versus Colonial Crest. That game is scheduled. We don't have no more information on that. Central Plains knocks off Otis Bison, 46-0. Sylvian Lucas beats Chase, 52-0. Caldwell knocks off Norwich, 56-24. St. John Tipton ekes by Thunder Ridge, 21-18. That's low scoring in 8-man. Axtell beats Rock Hill, 64-18. Game that is scheduled. Stockton versus Wheatland. Grinnell. Madison knocks off South Coffee County, 53-0. Kinsley knocks off South Haven, 64-32. Hodgman County handles Buckland, 60-14. A game that's scheduled, Heston versus Rural Vista. Clifton Clyde knocks off Wakefield, 54-6. Canceled game, Atwood, Rollins County, and Wallace County. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break right here and come back with my final segment as I give you a recap of six-man football. Welcome back for my final segment. Looking at scores in six-man, and this is not going to be that long of a list. Golden Plain knocks off Tribune 62-28. Rolla beats Pawnee Heights 54-6. Natoma knocks off Weskin 45-0. Bird City Chelan knocks off Northern Valley 59-13. Moscow beats Burton 55-7. Cunningham handles Fowler 40-6. And a game that was forfeited, Ashland has beat, ends up with the score of 1-0 over Deerfield. And there you have the high school scores recap from football across the state of Kansas from 6A all the way down to 6-man. 
next week, I hope to effort having Steve Martin on my show, possibly next Saturday after I reach out to him. I was supposed to have another guest on, but she didn't get to make it. But I do thank Chris Allison for joining me today. It was a pleasure to catch up with him. That's been in the works for a long time. And as you heard him say, we'll have to do it again. And we will do it again. As a matter of fact, I look to reach out to more people that have been personally in my life that I've had a chance to actually meet. Matter matter of fact, uh, like I said, Chris Allison, basically he is one of the ones that's instrumental in me doing what I'm doing right now because I would actually go into the studio at 6 o'clock in the morning. He would actually let me put on a set of headphones and put a mic in front of me and he would let me say maybe one or two words, maybe a whole sentence. But I would just sit back and pretty much watch how he worked because a lot of times he didn't have a co-host and then when he did have, he was basically grooming them. I mean, there was a guy and I assume that he's still with ESPN, Alex Gold, and I still want my royalties. So anybody here, well, Alex Gold is going to hear this because I'm going to send him this link so he can listen to this. I want royalties for you using that name, Gold Standard, because when he was here, I said, Chris would give him like a 15-minute segment. This I remember this. Chris would give Alex like a 15-minute segment. And I told Chris, I said, you know what? You should call that segment the Gold Standard. I remember saying that. So since Alex is getting paid off that, I want my royalties for that. LOL. Matter of fact, he's one I'm definitely going to try to reach out to. So, yes, I'm giving y'all some, as they call it, teasers in the radio business. But, yes, I'm thankful to Chris because he would let me sit up under him and watch him work. Uh, Joe Navarro was the one that hired me at KGSO at the time. My first go around. See, I'm going to share a story. I, I pretty much had it made at that job until I committed the ultimate no-no. As a matter of fact, he brought the name Todd Johnson. So Todd was the one that told me to turn in my key. That felt like one of the lowest points of my life. <laughs> but I'm sitting up doing a, I was basically I was a board op. And doing a Newman University basketball game. And it so happened that Wichita State was also playing that night. So as the Newman game was basically wrapping up and the Wichita State pregame show was on, we had a radio that was like in the break room. So I went and brought it into the studio where I was at. And I turned the volume down on the Comrex, so to speak. That way I could just barely hear it in case I need to go to a commercial break. But I want to call in to the to Shock Talk and talk to Mike Kennedy, which he's another one I need to get on here as well, too. And he has said he's on board. So I called, not knowing that I... GM at the time was listening to the Shocker game. Let's just say that didn't 
set well. So I went into the studio watching Chris do his thing. Joe Navarro was in there. And then before I know it, I'm having to go talk with Joe Navarro. And I think it was a couple of days later, I was told to turn in my key. Because I noticed when I ran by Ty Johnson, he had this look on his face like, I'm not in a good mood. I ain't. And I'm thinking, like, what? And Joe told me what had transpired, but I wasn't told to turn in my key right away. It wasn't until a few days later I was told to turn in my key. So if there was ever a time, I know I was the one that fought, but my ongoing joke is Mike Kennedy got me fired. So I'm going to have to get him on my show so we can bring that discussion up. But anyway, once again, I want to thank uh, Chris Allison for being on my show today. It was a pleasure to catch up with him. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this podcast and interview. Those of you who are around the state of Kansas, uh, if you like the scoring recap, uh, drop me a message. Whatever you want to do, drop me a message. If you want to get on, I would be glad to have you on. Uh, I'm open to suggestions. So, once again, this is A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Anthony Smith. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed day. Enjoy the weekend.